WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. It's 822. And joining me on the phone now is Tackle Terry Tuma. Good morning, Terry. How are you this morning? Good morning, Kevin. I'm just great. Hopefully you are, too, and all our yeah. missions are ready to go ice fishing. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, a good weekend to, uh, I, I, well, any weekend's a good weekend to get out there on the water. So, uh, um, yeah, it, it's, it, and you know, I was talking a, a, a little bit earlier that, you know, we're, we're kind of in that midwinter sort of, of pattern, and I, I, I did want to, one of the things I did want to talk to you a little bit about today was, uh, um, you know, kind of getting past some, you know, the, this, this cold snap here and, uh, you know, that midwinter sort of, uh, tough bite, if you will. And, and, uh, some of the things that you would suggest that, uh, that folks headed out can, uh, can maybe try that, uh, uh can kind of overcome some of that. Well, sure, Kevin, be happy to. Uh, first of all, I hear so much about this midwinter doldrums, the fish don't bite, not true. I was just out and uh, fishing sunfish and crappies with a good bite going. I just got a report from Riverbend Resort and Lake of the Woods. Mm-hmm. Walleye action is hot right now, which is midwinter. And, you know, I, the big reason that these um, fish slow down, Kevin, one, of course, is the metabolism of the fish. But along with that, I really believe fishing pressure is a big factor. These fish have to eat. They have to survive. And therefore, then, locations, uh, time of the day are the big factors in catching uh, fish. You know, that's any species of fish. And especially, you hear so much about walleye fishing at this time of the year. They just don't bite. Totally not true. However... I should mention that, you know, if they're hungry and they're feeding quickly and fast, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, because of the cold water temperature, their metabolism is, is reduced drastically, they may not eat for a day or two. Yeah, and, and one of the things, too, that, that, that I wanted to touch on, too, was with that, with a, of course, down here anyway, I, I think part of the challenge is, is that... Uh, um, we we do have a lot of open water here on the uh, along the the main channel here, so uh, maybe not some of the the more traditional winter play you know winter spots where where people can go fishing uh, either are non-existent or unsafe to to get out there. Where so so let me ask you this: Where are you finding these walleyes this time of year? Where where are they? They hanging out. I mean, are they off the main channel? Are they in some of those adjacent backwaters? Where, where would you suggest uh, people take a look for uh, for walleyes this uh, this time of year? Well, generally speaking, Kevin, I would go into deeper water locations. Uh, you know, where you have uh, some sort of you know we can't really call it structure, but where you have changes in the current. Uh, maybe it could be a wing dam, it could be a point. Um, and, yes, they could be in some of the shallower water locations, but there has to be food and ample oxygen there. Mm-hmm. And if there is not food there especially, these fish will not be there. I think it's so often that we just forget about the food relationship with any species. If it's walleye, crappie, sunfish, it doesn't make any difference on northern pike. It doesn't make any difference. And then, I, you know, right now I, I would do some searching, Kevin, mm-hmm. uh, using uh, general speaking, jig, uh, jigs are going to work very well. 
uh, with minnows, of course. But along with that, too, we should never forget about, I think so often we forget about uh, trolling crankbaits or casting crankbaits. You know, if you're using a crankbait, they can catch fish at this time of the year, uh, but we sort of forget about the same thing with live bait rigging, also very, very productive at this time of the year. So it's, it's going to be sort of a search and try effort, if you will, mm-hmm. but if you mark these fish, we should be able to catch these fish. Too often, and generally speaking, on the river system, the walleyes are going to be close to the bottom. Uh, but on an inland body of water, they can be, you know, the foot off the bottom concept, which is a norm approach. But also, too, they can, especially in deeper water, they can be way up off the bottom. We call walleyes in 30-some feet of water, 15 feet off the bottom, mm-hmm. ice fishing. Yeah. So it varies so much. And, uh, you know, uh, and I'm glad you brought that up, Kevin. I'm sort of getting away from maybe the basic question. But we so often have this tendency, and we we can talk about uh, catching crappies and sunfish. I just got off the lake. Um, uh, you know, we so often feel and think, well, and maybe we're sort of brainwashed that these fish are at this certain distance. Uh, they bite on specific color, different lure, uh, specific lure, mm-hmm. uh, you know, specific baits and so on. we got to get away from that. I think it's so often we have to experiment. We have to try uh, different approaches, pre-rig your rods, at home before you go fishing, and then we're going to, and that's the same thing with you know jig, open water fishing, jigging or whatever it is. Don't have just one jig, one color. Have several different jigs with several different mm-hmm. colors. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and and <laughs> it will change from day to day. I'm sure. So that's yeah, it really does. And in fact, uh, when I was just fishing crappies and sunfish, it almost changed from hour to hour with colors and lures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's just. Just the way it is. So yeah, being prepared with with uh, uh, with those different different sizes, different colors, styles of jig, what have you. It's 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 all so uh, so critical and, and and easily overlooked. I think sometimes as well. Yeah, it, yes, it really is. You know, now and I'll just go back to. Um, just, I've been out ice fishing a few times and uh, catching crappies and sunfish, uh, Kevin. Mm-hmm. First of all, the crappies were four feet under the ice. At this time of the year, which is sort of you know unheard of, but that's where these fish were at. Uh, the sunfish were uh, up off the bottom, right around two to four feet, which is not uncommon. Mm-hmm. But there can be time frames that you're going to see both species of fish belly to the bottom. That's why your vexilla are so important. Right. And two, you know, we always say, well, we're using you know red or white urolarvae or waxworm, both very productive for uh, sunfish and crappies. But Kevin, it was I was using uh, it had to be three waxworms on a hook. One waxworm would not entice a fish. Two would not. It had to be three. And it's just amazing where, you know, I think today we have this tendency not to do some experimentation, and we always are learning something by doing that. You know, same thing with I was using a, a number two uh, jigging shad wrap or jigging wrap mm-hmm. to catch these fish uh, for the crappies especially. And that's something else that we just don't do. We get tied into this bobber minnow concept mm-hmm. and th- that can be productive yes but uh, there's so many other alternatives for faster action right and 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 uh, you kind of touched on it a, a moment ago too is is that uh you know searching around uh, you know and and moving and you know i think part and parcel of that is that is that experimentation you know if you're not getting a bite on uh, whatever particular presentation, uh, uh, you know, a jig and a minnow, for example, um, you, you know, you've got to have that mindset to uh, t- to to try those new things, try something 
different. Get something down there and, and see how the, the fish react to it. And, uh, you know, eventually, uh, if you're lucky, you'll be able to, to figure out the key to what they're, what they're biting on that day and, and, or at that time, really, as, as you kind of mentioned there. Uh, but uh, it, it's, uh, uh, again, experimentation is the key. It really is, Kevin. And, you know, what? besides that, it increases our knowledge. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just amazing if we don't experiment, you know, especially if you're marking fish. Uh, sure, you can have really a tough bite, but there's going to be time frames where uh, by experimenting, uh, you know, as I, when I was just t- talking about being on the lakes fishing sunfish and crappies, it was amazing how many different bait, uh, different lures I was using from color changes uh, to uh, vertical jigging spoons to the uh, jigging uh, shad wrap. Uh, these are all factors that we have to experiment. If we don't experiment uh, and work with these, you know, same thing with, you know, inline reels, uh, with uh, spring bobbers, if we don't experiment, it definitely will cost us fish. If we're fortunate enough to hit a real hot bite, then it may not be such a factor. But even if you've got a pretty aggressive uh, fish, if it's crappies or sunfish or walleyes or whatever, uh, many times you can in- increase your success by either, uh, you know, downsizing um, or upsizing, mm-hmm. more action, less action, uh, different uh, areas in the water column. These are all ingredients to help us catch more fish. Yeah, and I think it, one of the other nice things, too, is this time of year is that, you know, you, you can run a couple of rods and, you can be right on top of them and, and you know, sort of left hand and right hand uh, working them. And, uh, you, you know, you, you can experiment maybe a little bit faster this time of year than, than maybe you would during open water season, you know, where you, you, know, you maybe be casting and things like that. Here you can just, you know, move, thing, move, move a little bit faster in that experimentation mode. Exactly right, and that that's a great comment. Uh, you know what, and we've done this for years and years, especially walleye fishing, but I'm now doing it with sunfish and crappies, is have, you know, two holes. One is going to be a hole where you're going to provide a lot of jigging action, which becomes a trigger. Then the second hole is going to be a more of a stationary approach. Maybe it's a bobber system, maybe just a spring bobber system, or just a real light jigging action. That now becomes a trigger. So you got an attractor and a trigger. And it's just amazing how many times this uh, attractor action provides uh, a, a a visibility to the fish that we're trying to catch. Uh, it's so important for us to understand that. And the same thing, I think you mentioned something about moving, yeah. you know, especially sunfish and crappie and even walleye fishing. You know, if you caught a few fish in this area, you know, the concept, if you're down marking fish, move, immediately move. That is definitely not necessary. There's going to be time frames where you have to move, uh, especially if you're just on marking fish at all uh, for, you know, 20 minutes or so, then you need to move, but you can definitely, uh, you know, say you caught a few fish in one spot, and all of a sudden they're gone. You don't see them marking them sit there for a while. Do some of the attractive uh, jigging and see if you can draw these fish back in. Many, many times you can just sit in one spot and catch a lot of fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good. One of the other... One of the other things, too, uh, that uh, you, you mentioned earlier, and this uh, gave me the thought, too, is, is that, you know, we, we've talked about fish sort of being, you know, tight to the bottom um, and, and was reading a little bit about this uh, early this week and, 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 and just kind of, I'm like, the fish are, are and you remarked on it as well, uh, the fish are up off the bottom. Is, is that something that, that 
you see more in particular this time of year. Um, you know, again, like I said, that mindset is, you know, the, the fish are going to be hugging tight to the bottom and, uh, you know, that if you're marking them. But they really tend to move up and down in that water column a lot more than, than maybe people think during the, the winter months. Oh, you're exactly right. Uh, there's no question. I think even in the summer months, too, Kevin. Yeah. But, uh, yes, uh, but you're 100% correct. Yes, uh, too often we've got this concept of, you know, a foot off the bottom, two feet off the bottom for any species of fish. That is not the case. They're Really what they're doing, they're following their food sources. Mm-hmm. And, of course, fishing pressure, weather conditions can push fish to the bottom uh, or relocate them. But uh, here, too, uh, you know, we've caught sunfish uh, and crappies belly to the bottom. We've got walleyes, you know, way up in the water column. Uh, as, as I mentioned, uh, the crappies that we were catching just recently, four feet under the ice, which is a little uh, not normal at this time of the year, but they were chasing food sources. That's what mm-hmm. they were doing. And the same thing with the sunfish. You know, they can be four feet, five feet off the bottom. That's why your electronics are so terribly important. If we don't use electronics, actually we're fishing blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's... I think in a lot of cases you're yeah you're you're just sort of not necessarily not necessarily wasting your time but you're not making the most efficient use of your time is maybe a better way to put it. Well, exactly right. I know how many times I've heard uh, the comment. Well, sunfish are never belly to the bottom, which is definitely false. They are. In fact, I talked to an angler from uh, South Dakota. He was catching these big sunfish, and he said their uh, mouths were just like with mud. They were uh, digging into the bottom for, I imagine, some sort of larvae mm-hmm. uh, of some sort or bloodworms or whatever it may have been. And so these fish do relate to the bottom. Again, you know, it's all food sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a big, big fact. You know, no food, no fish. Yep, exactly. And uh, it... it it is kind of surprising, you know, and yeah, they'll, they'll, regardless of species, they'll, they'll chase those food sources, whether it's, you know, a foot off the bottom or three feet or four feet or, or wherever, they'll, uh, they, they have to go where the food is. So that's, that's always the case. Well, that's exactly right. And a friend of mine who's a very avid angler mentioned to me, he said, I cut a hole in the ice and he said, all of a sudden my flasher uh, just lit up. Uh, just you know, from just below the ice down to about four feet. And he said, "I didn't know what it was," but he started to fish. That's when he was catching the crappies. But he he said he marked all these real thin lines, if you will. Mm-hmm. And he was asking, me, "What in the world was that?" I said, "It's zooplankton that you were picking up. That's mm-hmm. why the crappies were up in that specific location, feeding on that zooplankton." Ah, yeah, that uh, that that makes sense. And yep, they'll. Uh they will they will be there and now with uh, again kind of with that with that experimentation here too um, and and I think we've touched on this just a, a little bit before too uh, when you first are are getting out there um, I, I guess what is your your sort of your th- your thought with uh, you know are you starting small are you starting big how I guess you know is is and I realize there's no real general rule of thumb. You can kind of play it either way. But I guess, do you have a particular preference on, on uh, sort of how you start your your day as, you, as it were out on the water? I assure you, Kevin, yes, very, very much so. In fact, I usually take about uh, ice fishing rides, running worth from five to seven ice fishing rods, all pre-rigged with different baits and different lures. And then, you know, if it's a front that just came through, I'm going to answer, 
anticipate that these fish are going to be uh, deeper, maybe barely uh, to the bottom, a real more of a, a non-aggressive bite, and I'll start out with that. And then uh, and then moving, I'll try to stay away from community holes, if you will, where there's not a lot of fishing pressure, and start a little bit shallower and then work. Uh, if I don't catch any fish, I'll start to work a little bit deeper uh, due to weather conditions or fishing pressure, dri- driving them down or into deeper water. Uh, does this always uh, hold the, the a fact that this is the only approach? Absolutely not. That's why we've got to keep an open mind, and if you're not catching fish in this one, approach and you got to uh, try something different you know same thing with i just mentioned to somebody this morning that you know i i don't know how many wax forms i go through or are or, or a, wig, a wiggler's your larvae mm-hmm. on a certain trip it's just amazing in fact to the point i'm buying a hundred at a time uh to uh, really work with you know the baits and the lures it's so important for us to keep this open mind but do have some sort of a game plan mm-hmm. before you go out there just don't go out there with this one bait this one lure, one spot, and hopefully you're going to catch fish. Too often people go out and they don't catch any fish or a very limited amount of fish, and they say the fish are not biting. That's not true. It's going to be a difficult bite some days, but it can be just the opposite if you work with different baits and lures. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, let me let me ask you this. You, 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 you kind of triggered a thought in my mind here that uh, um, – you know it, that that you're you're buying a lot of waxies and and things like that. Uh, you know, how often are you switching out those, uh, switching out that that bait? How how often are you you know on a, a typical day that you're you're headed out on the water for for several hours? You know, how often are you swapping out that bait? Do you do it a little bit more often than you would say maybe during the the open water months? I switch it out a ton. I both open water and ice fishing, but ice fishing, yes, uh, just a uh, a whole lot. What I do is, uh, first of all, I keep on experimenting with different baits and different Mm -hmm. lures. That's number one. I I don't ever reuse the baits. I always put fresh on. And then two uh, is we we need to keep changing, you know, with uh, minnows, uh, with waxworms and uh, your larvae, it's a scent factor, too, not just a bulk, Kevin. You know, if something just doesn't look really good to these fish, they're going to reject it. And that's why it's so important for us to take advantage of the scent factor and then also the action factor, especially with minnows with the action factor. But if you hook your your larvae correctly, uh, they'll actually move on that jig for a short time. But fresh bait is a key factor. You're, You're dealing with scent and also the appearance, and that's why it's so important for us to keep on changing. You know, there's no sense in buying uh, uh, say, a scoop of crappie minnows and taking three-fourths of a scoop home. You might as well use them mm-hmm. and to help catch more fish. Yeah, exactly. Very, very, very good points there, too. And, again, um, I almost want to say, too, and, and, and you can expand upon this, that, uh, you know, this time of year, scent does play maybe just a, a little bit more of an elevated factor in um, in catching fish, you've re, you know, you, you kind of have to sell it a little bit more, sell that 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 bait a little bit more to the uh, uh, to the fish uh, in a lot of cases. And and you know, scent I think plays a, a, a big role in that uh, kind of as you've you've touched on there. It really does. Yes, a very very good point. Uh, I think uh, 
too often we just sort of disregard scent, you know. And if it's a if there's a negative scent factor, you know, which you and I talked about this before, but uh, you know, say you've just filled up your truck with gas. Uh, uh, you got some line behind the arbor of a spinning reel, uh, the spool itself, and you take the spool off. That's got grease on it. And so that was another negative. Uh, catching a northern pike it has been proven that that um, slime, if you will, that's on a northern pike, and you uh, take that pike off with that same lure, that's a very, very much of a negative scent factor. And so we have to uh, really relate to that. Scent is more of an ingredient in the wintertime because these fish are, shall we say, they're more particular in what they're going mm-hmm. to eat. They yeah. become real choosy uh, as to what they're going to eat. And we I don't know if we ever talked about this, but according to some fish biologists, some studies done uh, due to taste buds and the way this taste, uh, the taste buds work, it, you know, like catfish, bullheads, salmon, uh, trout, some of these mm-hmm. fish have taste buds just on the outside of their mouth. And, but most species have it two sets, one right at the front part of their mouth, inside their mouth, and then one towards their throat. And if they start to eat that and passes that first set of taste buds and goes to the second set and then it doesn't taste quite right due to scent factors, uh, they're going to reject it. And they can reject it in less than a quarter second. Now some studies are showing they can eject or reject that bait in less than a quarter second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it, so that's how important. Yeah, that's how important the scent is. That's why it's such a factor to keep your hands clean. And you know uh, what we can do too if we uh, run into an issue where we we feel we have contaminated our hands or whatever is you know so often we've got that scent that we purchase for summertime fishing. I use it. I don't use it as a scent attractor. I use it as a mask for our. Uh, on our my hands to cover any unwanted odors, but scent is a big factor that we just don't address anymore. Yeah, and and, and I yeah I I totally agree that it it uh, so many times it does get uh, it it does get overlooked. And again, uh, as you mentioned, this time of year it 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 just the that particular factor is is uh, is much more critical because again those fish are a lot more finicky about you know what they're choosing and. Um, it, it just, it, it just such a key, I think, to, uh, uh, to success on the water some days. Um, I got to take, I tell you what, Terry, I, I, let me take a quick break here and, uh, uh, we will be back in just a couple of moments and, uh, we'll continue our conversation here on WKTY Outdoors. It is coming up on 845. We'll be back in just a couple of moments on WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. The WKTY Cares Campaign, sponsored by the Kraft Lumber Company of La Crosse and Performance Food Service, is how WKTY gives back to the community. Focusing on area programs that support our local kids, athletics, and those in need, WKTY Cares is aiming to make lives better in the Cooley region, with targeted donations to local programs whose primary goal is also helping those in need. In January, the WKTY Cares Campaign is proud to award Aptive as this month's donation recipient, thanks to Kraft Lumber Company of La Crosse and Performance Food Service. Is your marketing working for your business? My name is Patience Running, and I'm the owner of Doggy Zen and Den. We love Midwest Family's in-person events. It just gives a variety of exposure. Go to MidwestFamilyLacrosse.com. Marketing made easy. 
Get ready, lacrosse monster truck fans. Two big shows. 7.30 p.m. both shows, February 17th and 18th. Lacrosse Center will explode at the Monster Truck Nitro Glow Tour. Big blown monster trucks flying over 30 feet in the air. Drone racing and tough truck racing. Plus all new inflation buster prices. Limited $10 tickets available only online while they last. VIP tickets include free pit party pass to meet the drivers and the best seat in the house. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com, MonsterTruckTour.com, or the box office. Subject to service fees. Come early and ride in a real monster truck at the Monster Truck Nitro Glow Tour. Kids get a free tour gift at the Friday evening show while supplies last. 7.30 p.m. both shows, February 17th and 18th. Monster Truck Strong Racing and Tough Truck Racing. It's going to get wild at the lacrosse center. If you're a sports fan, you can't afford to miss the Dan Patrick Show on WKTY. My dad went to a bar called the Pleasure Inn. (laughs) And it was just a bar. And we'd sit there, and my brothers, I'd have a Fanta Orange, and um, we'd play bumper pool. I was probably seven or eight. Attaboy. I'm I'm bellying up to the bar. The best. Yep. And my dad would be there, and he'd walk in. They'd go, hey, Jack, how are you? He'd go, "Ah, give me a beer and a hook. To this day, when I say to my brothers, hey, how about a beer and a hook? I'm like, yeah. I'm all in. Yeah, Paul. Remember that first time your dad cracked like a hams and let you just sip the foam off the top? All right, give it back. You know, that old thing. No, it was always bad beer. It was Blatt's. Wiedemann? Well, I don't know that hams was considered. <laughs> well, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I'm not sure that no, was like the that... uh, you know filet mignon of beers. Don't miss the Dan Patrick Show weekday mornings nine to eleven on WKTY ninety six seven FM five eighty AM. WKTY 967 FM 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. I'm Kevin Millard. Appreciate you being here this morning. Thank you very much for joining me on the program. And, and thank you, of course, to my guest, Tackle Terry Tuma. We're uh, talking all things ice fishing here this morning and uh, talking about uh, just a, a number of different topics here. And, and uh, one of the things that uh, wanted to touch on here. Uh, and and you've kind of alluded to it a little bit uh, a little bit before too is um, having an you know when you're heading out you know don't just bring one or two rods or whatever bring a bunch and and have them ready to go uh, when you get out on the water. Well, that's exactly right. In fact, as uh, this morning, Kevin, I'm going to before I go back out again. I'm going to go and change up some of the lures again. Uh, you know, trying to you know develop some sort of pattern, but it's so important for us. Uh, you know, one is first of all we have the uh, quickness of changing lures and baits. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two, if we don't do that, we, we maybe maybe we'll retie one or maybe retie twice, but we're not going to keep on retying. It makes us so efficient to pack, uh, you know, grab this rod, this rod, this rod, and work with different baits and lures. And then in the wintertime, too, you know, we got cool fingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many times it becomes more difficult on us if you're in a heated house uh, to retie and, and keep on working. I think the other factor here, too, is that if we have these re- readily available, it really enforces us 
to try uh, different baits and different lures. And if we don't, we sort of give up after that one or two and say, well, they're just not biting today. Uh, we'll try tomorrow. And it, But it's so amazing how these fish are going to switch colors and different jigging action, different baits throughout a given day. Uh, when I was out sunfish fishing, I would go from a chartreuse jig to a pink jig back and forth and then uh, working with some uh, smaller lures uh, with different color arrangements. But it's just such a big factor for us. Yep, exactly. And, you know, if, if you, uh, you know, watch, uh, like, during the, the, the summertime, uh, the, the open water season, you know, if you watch any kind of, uh, I, I like to watch, it's great to be able to watch those, those bass fishing tournaments live and you look in their boats, and they have got, I don't know how many, you know, they've probably got uh, maybe a dozen rods sitting on the, the deck there ready to go as, in a moment's notice if they want to change things up, if they want to do. And that holds true as well for ice fishing. And, and probably it, it's a whole lot easier this time, you know, of year with the ice fishing. All that stuff's small. It's, it's, it's actually not that much more to carry. Well, that's exactly right. But, you know, uh, that's a, a good po- uh, point, Kevin, where all these uh, tournament bass anglers making a living at uh, tour in the circuit mm-hmm. is that they all have uh, multiple rods on the deck with all different baits and different lures. And these folks will not just stick with one. They keep on working, even in mm-hmm. the same air- vicinity where they think these bass are at. They'll keep working different baits and different lures, not just one uh, in all different locations. It's so important for us to really relate to that ice fishing, right? Even open water fishing, we've got to do that. It just, it, <coughs> excuse me, it's just amazing how this can really affect our fishing success uh, by uh, working with different baits and have some sort of a, a plan. You know, just don't go, just, you know, switch baits and lures just for the sake of doing it. You know, have some sort of, well, are they going to be a tougher bite? Do they prefer a specific color? Uh, what bait should I use? More action, less action. Have some sort of a, a methodical plan of how you're going to approach that river or lake system. Yep, exactly. And and of course, too, they're going to change from from body of water uh, depending on on you know, uh, a river system is probably going to fish a little bit differently than than say a uh, you know a, a lake or a pond or something along those lines. Different conditions. You've, you've got to be prepared for uh, for different types of action. Well, that's no question. And I always maintain, especially at seminars, that no lake is the same identical lake as the next one. These lakes can be three miles apart. One lake is totally different. It can be water clarity, structure, weed growth, uh, depth, uh, food sources. So there's no lake that's identical to the neighboring lake. And that's something else that... You know, say if you're fishing bass and using a wacky worm on one lake and you go to the next lake and you start with a wacky you're not catching a fish. It may be a crankbait bite. It could be a jig and plastic bite. That's something we have to address. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and, and you've got to be, uh, you know, willing to, to make those changes. And, and um, especially if, you know, you're marking fish and you're not getting those bites, man, change that change that out, as, you know, and, and, and try something different there. You, you know, eventually you're going to, you're going to be able to to, to figure out the the key to that to, to what those fish are after, and uh, uh, eventually find that success. But again, like you've said, you've got to be prepared. Yeah, you really do. And it, you know, so if, if you are out there and experimenting, it's just amazing what you can learn. You know, no, so often 
uh, we just sort of uh, chalk it up as well. That's just the way it is. But try to, you know, try to learn something uh, that you possibly uh, can relate to. It's it's just amazing if we keep on experimenting how it increases our knowledge. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, then we're just becoming more successful day after day on any body of water, open water or ice fishing. True. And and when it's cold like this, the, the faster you figure out that uh, 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 equation, so to speak, uh, the, uh, the better off you are. Because you're always going to feel warmer when you're catching fish as opposed to just sitting there not catching a darn thing. <laughs> You're 100% correct there, Kevin, yes. And, you know, and there, too, just don't, you know, I think, don't you uh, don't you feel, and maybe a lot of our listeners feel, too, that, well, you know, say you catch a couple of fish in, you know, first hour of fishing, and then maybe two or three more fish in the second hour of fishing, we call that the norm. So many times it's not the norm. We've got to uh, try different patterns, and there's going to be some days where a pattern is not uh, applicable. It's going to be sort of scratching a a fish each and every uh, half hour, hour, or 15 minutes, or 10 minutes, but that is something we have to accept. And if you really work at it and look for this action, not being, you know, satisfied with catching a couple of fish, uh, again, too, by experimenting and being versatile, you are going to be much more successful. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, again, it all just it it all goes back to uh, as you you've 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 mentioned uh, mentioned before, you know. You, you you make that you're going to make all you know make a lot of these decisions um, and and set yourself up for whether you have a successful day of uh, out on the water long before you even touch uh, touch the ice you know you're back at home and that's where you're really I think where you're going to set yourself up uh, for success is is there with that making that game plan making uh, making those plans packing you know all those rods and and that are all pre-rigged and, and um, that's that's where you're gonna that's where your your success is going to start is long before you even hit the ice. No question about it. You know, and I'll, that's and that's I'm glad you brought that up because both open water and ice. <laughs> Excuse me, Kevin. I just swallowed raw, but uh, but if we, and what I'll do is, you know, again, you know, pre-rig these rods, but also. Uh, going to a lake, I'll make. Uh, I'll mentally think: Where should I start? Mm-hmm. Uh, how should I start? Where should I go? Uh, these are all, you know, becoming a sort of a norm, if you will. And I think to our anglers that are just starting out, or even um, um, condition uh, anglers that have done a lot of fishing, it's just something that we need to uh, relate to. You know, what kind of weather conditions? What time of the day? Uh, these are all, you know, the fishing pressure. How about snow cover? How much snow cover is there? How deep do you think these fish are at? Um, these are all ingredients that we need to really, as you mentioned, have a game plan. Yep, exactly. And you know, it is just uh, it's just so important to have that have that mindset. Uh, and at least for me, anyway, uh, this time of year when it's it's you know cold out and, and we're going to have a cold snap here. You know, if I'm out on the ice, you know, I don't want to be messing around and, 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 you know, I, I want to be focused. I want to be, uh, you know, in the zone of it, as, as it were, and, and, and be ready to fish and, and be ready, you know, to try those new things, but, you know, just, uh, you know, be much more purposeful as opposed to just sort of, you know, maybe in the summertime, you can kind of just go out and throw a line in the water that, you know, it, it's maybe a little, it's a little nicer to do that in the summertime than it is in the wintertime. 
<laughs> yeah, it really is. And I think you really came in with a really a key word, focus. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something we have to do. It just, you know, we just have this concept of, well, you know, this is the way the fishing is today. This is the way the fishing is tomorrow, next uh, next week, whatever it is. And we just sort of, you know, I almost call it like give up a little bit. Yeah. And we don't want to do that. You know, um, as you mentioned, some of the tournament anglers, the bass tournament anglers, with all these rods on, on the deck of their boats, that, you know, they don't give up. They can give up. <laughs> their, that's their income. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, here again, too, we need to you know, keep that same attitude, if you will, that same approach, and it, um, I can uh, almost 100% guarantee that if we do this, we're going to be a lot more successful. Exactly. Well, Terry, I, I, it's 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 already 8:58 here, so I've got to wrap the show up for today. But uh, uh, as always, thank you so much for uh, for joining me today. It's 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 uh, always much appreciated the uh, uh, the knowledge that you that you're sharing with us this morning here and. Uh, uh, every time I've got you on, so it, it's very much appreciated. So uh, you have a great weekend, and we will uh, we will talk to you again soon. So thank you, Kevin. Uh, likewise, you have a great weekend to all of our listeners. Go ice fishing, but also watch ice safety. Yep, exactly, exactly. Okay, that's uh, going to do it for the show. You have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next Saturday on WKTY Outdoors. Hi, I'm Ken Cooper, host of the podcast Around River City. I've got an invitation for you to listen in to my conversations with the people that make it so cool to live in and around River City. Subscribe at AroundRiverCity.com or anywhere you get your podcasts.